You're listening to The Itch. My name is Casey. My name is Dan. And I'm Aaron. And this week, we are scratching the itch for a mid-year rock roundup. This is the end of June, the first half of 2021, and there has been a lot of great music that has come out in these last few months, and we don't have time today to cover it all, but we do have time to cover three recent releases that have really stood out to us. Yeah, we're going to talk about three super strong albums that will most likely be near our top five on our top 20 countdown at the end of the year. There's no doubt. Dan's making the big proclamation already. At least top 10. I'm fairly confident that they're going to be top 10. (laughs) All right. Okay. No, all three of these albums are really, really strong, and we'll get into that as the episode goes along. So we're going to talk about three different albums from three different artists. We had Atrey with the new album called Baptize, Pop Evil with their newest Versatile, and a brand new up and coming artist by the name of Aaron Jones that nobody had heard of prior to this album coming out and probably one of the best albums of the year. I adore this one and I'm just going to put it out there right now. We're saving him for last because he's our favorite and we're going to have a lot to talk about most likely. Yeah. Quite a bit. So we'll shortchange <laughs> the other two guys to f- to show some favoritism <laughs> to Aaron Jones. <laughs> <laughs> well, as much as I did like the Aaron Jones album, I will say that I wanted to talk about the Pop Evil album, Versatile. And the reason for that is because I've never been a huge Pop Evil fan. I was the one responsible for them getting played on the radio show, but it was really more so uh, our friend Jeremy, the producers we used to call him because he was the one that <laughs> provided the music and i was like you know they're they're not bad a couple songs here and there are okay this album versatile i don't know what it is but it just grabbed me i think that it's maybe the lyrics the the catchiness of the the songs um I, I, it's a real head bobber album and i kind of talked about this band a couple weeks ago that you know their name is exactly as they are they're, they're a pop metal band um <laughs> and I think the the first track on this album kind of just hits you in the face with that pop metal because it, it's uh, called Let the Chaos Rain. You know, it's a, it's a heavy song. It's got some really good guitar riffs, uh, but it's it's not, you know, it's not your your average like metal song. You wouldn't say that, you know, you wouldn't put that song up against like a, a Gojira, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. that, is, that is true. That is true. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. It's a great heavy song, but it's it's no metal song like it's. It, it is what it is. Like I said, it's pop pop metal. And I, and I think this whole album was kind of a lot of that. Uh, did you guys get a chance to listen to it yourselves? Of course. Oh, most definitely. After I, I stared at the album artwork for a very long time. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to bring that up real quick. So <laughs> the album art is if you if you watch their YouTube videos with the, some of these songs, it, it kind of does what rival sons album did with the dog with the dog yeah (laughs) because not quite as detailed and and obscure as that but it it very similar it had like weird mouths and eyeballs and stuff being eaten and it's (laughs) very strange but but very interesting nonetheless it was definitely creepy Um, it's some weird crap for sure my children kept asking because like it pops up on my phone whenever it was playing. Like, what What's is happening? That? I, I have no fucking clue. It's a mouth with teeth and an eyeball. 
boys. It's yeah. some type of weird land squid thing. It's we, something. We don't know what's happening. With a skull, like a snake. It's weird. There's a lot of versatile eyes, things happening know. in this video. Yeah, that's that's sure. exactly what it is. <laughs> so one of the things I will say is that like this band's always kind of had their catchy tunes. And they've had great albums, you know, solid albums. I've I've never really been into them so much, but I will say that when I was listening to this particular album's track three through nine, it is just like some of the best tracks I've heard in a long, long time. And I think that the pandemic kind of has something to do with this. Like bands were able to kind of take more time, go back and just really focus on their work. And like these, these songs. So the tracks I'm talking about, it starts off with breathe again, which is just a really, really good song. That song, I think, encompasses their whole vibe and style yep. very much because it has a lot of the, the synth vocal sounds or effects and stuff. But it's a great song. Yeah. And one of the things I like is they, they incorporate a lot of the digital kind of sounds. With yeah, their, right. You know, electronic uh, sounds. But they do it really well. Like, it just blends very well with the song. I think it's very, it's just very well produced. And like, from that song, Breathe Again, after you have that is, is work. And when I first heard that song, I, I fell in love. Like, for one, I felt like it's my anthem because the, the verse is, <laughs> all I do, all I do is work, 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 work. <laughs> and so like, even my boys were singing it like every day, like in the car, like, oh, play work, dad, play work. I'm like, we want to hear your anthem. I'm like, yeah. As I'm getting ready to go to work. <laughs> I will say you got really excited about this album and you're like, hey, I need you guys to listen to this right away because I need to like get some more opinions on on this album because I think it's really great. And so I got excited to listen to it. But for whatever reason, it took it took a while for this to grab me more. I don't know why it really didn't on the first go around. I think part of the reason is on a lot of the tracks I was envisioning other bands singing them and mm -hmm. work reminded me of Grandson a lot. Okay. It's beat heavy. It has a little little bit of that, like dubstepy stuff in there. It reminded me like of almost like of a slower like Hollywood Undead. They don't rap as much, obviously. But yeah. But the music kind of sounded like that. Which Grandson would, would also fall into that general vibe. Right. I totally agree about that. And actually that's one thing I was gonna mention is one of the reasons why it sounds like Grandson's song as well as like a Pop Roach song. And there's a couple others too that have been doing this, but it's kind of a trend where and I've talked about it on the show, I talked about it on this show, I talked about it on a radio show too, where bands are using guitar lines for their choruses. Right. I mean, because if you think about it, the chorus on the song is all I do is all I do is work. That's right, that's right. literally the entire chorus. Mm -hmm. But it's the guitar line that carries that chorus, that that guitar solo that kind of goes through the chorus that grandson does with the yeah. with almost all his music. Um, and and especially uh, the most recent Papa Roach album, they did it on a couple songs as well. Yeah, um, it's just I think it's like a new trend. But and I kind of like it. You know, it's a little lazy in terms of writing a uh uh, uh, well, yeah, a verse, but you know, if you have a, a bitch and guitar solo or yeah, a guitar good. line that you can carry a chorus with and uh, go for it, like it, it works on the <laughs> song. Like it's, it's great. It's, it is, you know, it's funny too because like I, I just thought after I heard that I was like, man, I didn't think that could be topped. And then you turn into the next song, Inferno, and it's just a different type of song, and it just grabs you. It's just like, wow, this is this is really deep. Like, yeah, it, it's it's. Yeah, uh, it, it's really got, you know, I just really love the meaning of it, too. Like, it kind of, I think that's one reason why I really fell in love with this album. It's like, there's a lot of songs that I can relate to. Um, there's a lot of songs that, like, 
I felt like were almost my anthem or that they were almost <laughs> singing it just for me. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Can I throw out a theory as to why I feel that might be? Why is that? <laughs> a lot of this album to me sounded similar to Shinedown's Attention Attention, which is a, another phenomenal album. But I just, a lot of their songs, I was like, hmm, Shinedown probably could have done this song <laughs> about as good as they did. <laughs> That's weird. Yeah, I didn't think about like that. Like, I, I don't know. I was just, I was really just blown away by, like, like I said, the production of it. Like, I, you know, it's yeah. just better than I anticipated this band to put out with all these songs, to be honest. It's a very interesting album. I think that, as we've mentioned before, I think they live up to their name a yeah. lot. I think that this is a band that we just spoke with Dan Murphy of, of All Good Things a few episodes back. And he's a guy whose band literally existed to create these like anthems to be placed in stuff in in soundtracks and video games and stuff. And I feel like Pop Evil is a little bit along the same lines in what they're going for. You can clearly tell, like you mentioned, that they have a lot of songs that are very relatable and they feel very much like personal anthems. You have like Raise Your Flag and stuff like that. Yeah. And um stronger and work stronger and survivor worse right. than me like yeah every everything honestly it right. really you really get the impression for better or worse like your mileage might vary on that that that's what they're going for like they want to have this this big anthem that's going to sound great at a big show that could get put in like an action movie or something along those lines i don't know but uh yeah that's kind of their thing i was actually surprised this album actually overall isn't really that heavy I would say it might even be the least yeah, yeah, heavy right. of these three that we're talking about today. Yeah. Um, it, I feel like the first half of it kind of like descends from like the first track is called Let the Chaos Reign. And it might be the most chaotic track on the yeah. album. Yeah. It's not close yeah. anyway. And yeah, then by right. the time you get to like Inferno and stuff, Inferno is a very slow, softer song. Right. Um, and so and then it kind of picks back up by the time you get to the end of Survivor and you get into uh, Worse Than Me, then they start bringing back some riffs. So it's a very interesting flow of the album. Um, I don't know. Like, it, like I said, your mileage may vary. I personally found that there was definitely a lot of stuff that sounded kind of like Casey mentioned about Shinedown. There's a lot of stuff that sounded like other bands to me, like Breathe Again sounded very much like a Breaking Benjamin song to me. Um, and there's a few others that kind of were in that same yeah, uh, raise your flag uh, reminded me of Imagine Dragons quite a bit. Yeah, that's what for my note for <laughs> raise your flag was. These guys are definitely pop evil. Like, <laughs> like, <laughs> so take that for whatever you want. <laughs> you know the one the one thing that I think could have made this album better is if it was just organized a little bit differently. Like, like I said, I really enjoyed tracks three through nine. I think that oh. those were like my anthem songs, to be honest, like just like I said, human nature, razor flag, like you just mentioned survivor. I, you can even throw in worse than me too, but like worse than me, same blood. Those are kind of heavier songs as, as are yeah. let the chaos rain and set me free. So I would either have paired like the heavier songs at the end or maybe the beginning and then kind of gone softer towards the end fire inside i don't think that's necessarily a soft song um but it's not necessarily heavy either but by and large you have something that it's kind of seems unique to me like it's not every track that falls into this theory that i'm throwing out here but it seems like the album builds from like its heaviest stuff and in the center is where most of its like more mellow stuff is kind of gathered and then it builds back out again for the most part it's yeah. like a, and then it's funny to me you said like 
three through nine or ten were your favorites. That's very unusual. We've talked about a lot of top heavy albums yeah. and a lot of really balanced ones. I feel like what you have, you just describe like a half pound cheeseburger or something. <laughs> or like <laughs> the a meat baconator. is just big big chunk yeah, a baconator. <laughs> big chunk of meat in the middle of the album that you're that is the is the best part. And then, you know, the buns on the outside that are, are good, but they're not the meat. <laughs> That's what that's you just fair enough. Uh, yeah, that's, Pop that's, Evil that's, is a big burger. <laughs> this versatile album is a is a big burger. Yeah, that's right. It's a big <laughs> meat and cheese with, with the metal buns on the outside and the rock, <laughs> melodic rock on the inside. <laughs> there it is. That's exactly it. All in all, solid stuff. Yeah, fantastic album. Like I said, I've never been a huge fan. Uh, this album made me a fan. Like I actually want to go see them live after hearing this because, like you said, you know, a lot of these songs are it almost seems like they were made just for live. Maybe they were just dreaming about playing right again, you know, playing concerts. It's like, Hey, we need songs that we can come back to that are just going to rock the boat. Highly possible. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I'm excited. I, I, I will note. Um, I think my personal favorite one on here. Um, sorry, I'm actually editing their Wikipedia page as we talk. <laughs> <laughs> Leaving that in. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I think my the the song that connected most to me uh thematically or lyrically on this is Same Blood track 11. Um because it talks about a, it speaks of social issues and the divisiveness of of where we seem to be as a culture and and the line in the song is I've been a million different places now I'm starting to see I've seen a million different faces all no different than me. And um it seems to be something that is easy to forget. And I appreciated Pop Evil for making that particular statement about this idea that we are much more the same than we are different as people. And that that is good to remember, especially when you are yeah. dealing with differences. Um, it, it keeps empathy strong and having a good sense of empathy, I think, is important. Yeah, definitely. So I, I, I appreciated that track quite a bit. I agree with that. Yeah. I thought the, the you know I, I agree with you one hundred percent too and, and but I thought the same could be uh, said about the human nature mm. song as well. Yeah, I was really hoping that that would be a Bjork cover, but it was not. <laughs> sorry, take that out. It's human behavior. Never human mind. Behavior. I'm wrong. That, well, uh, yeah. I actually thought the same about Michael Jackson because there is a, a Michael Jackson song called Human Nature, but that it's oh not, well, yeah, it's, it's not, not. It's neither. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. not a cover song. All right, so Dan, before we move on, what's your what's your recommended track? Give me your, give me one. Oh, man, it depends on what you're really going for. Like if you're <laughs> metal, first one that comes to mind, <laughs> I would say Inferno. I, I All right. The most most mainstream song off this album would be Inferno, in my opinion. OK, Casey, what's your what's your pick? Mine would be Breathe Again. All right. So there we That's go. Inferno, Breathe Again, Same Blood. We, we give you a, a trifecta to go check out. All right. So next on our list, Atreyu released the album Baptize on June 4th. Now, Atreyu has been around for a while. They're largely known as a, a metalcore band, which is sort of the rock genre that took over the scene in the early mid 2000s after new metal. And um, this particular band took sort of more of a hard rock turn in 2007 with Lead Sales Paper Anchor, which was their their most successful album. Um, and then they had you an know, album or two that might have been a little lesser. And then they took kind of a hiatus for a few years in the early 2010s. And um and then they came back, and this is actually their first album without their co-founder and co-lead vocalist, Alec. Oh, i got to figure out this guy's name. <laughs> yeah, just say Alex. Alex, Alex Varkatsis. 
<laughs> and so <laughs> he left last year. And so how they addressed this was their other main vocalist and drummer, which drummer vocalists are awesome for the record. <laughs> Brandon Saller shifted to pretty much focus fully on vocals. The band added a new drummer to take those duties and their longtime bassist Porter McKnight took over the what they call the unclean vocal duties. So, you know, screaming, growling, all yeah. of those louder, more abrasive sounds. And so this is like a whole new era for Atreyu. It is. Yeah. Well, I believe wasn't Alex Varkat says, wasn't he the screamer? Yeah. Okay. He was their front man, basically. Yeah. But the drummer was the, he was the one that like had the great voice in the background. That was what I always thought was weird about this band. Right. He was the, the clean vocalist of the, of the band. Right. The style, the style generally has a clean vocalist and an un, they call it unclean vocalist. And so those guys kind of complemented each other pretty well. Yeah. But like, I mean, in the early years, like, you know, uh, of this band, the he was the main singer, like the drummer just kind of sang on the the choruses here and there. Yeah. So now he's sort of taken more of the forefront, which you can definitely tell. Yes. In this album, it's a different sound for sure. Well, and you could even start to tell that in the 2018 release of In Our Wake, because that that album had a lot of the similar things. So with Alex leaving the band, it it went more in that direction, which I really enjoy. Yeah, I think that's what led to the success with Lead Sales Paper Anchor, because, I mean, he was the main driving vocalist on it. Yeah, you had Alex kind of screaming here and there, but like the the main songs everybody loved, you know, it was the drummer driving the the, the songs. Mm. Right. Leading the ship, as it were. Yeah, Uh, exactly. (laughs) Uh, And then, you know, honestly, they needed something because Congregation of the Dam was terrible. That came out in 2009. And like, I, I had such high hopes because Lead Sales Paper Anchor was, I mean, that's one of my favorite albums of all time. Like, it's probably in my top 20 of all time, like, or at least top 50. Wow. Um, <laughs> okay. It's, okay. it is a fantastic album. And so I had huge high hopes for Congregation of the Dam. It sucked. and um (laughs) and then and then so then we didn't hear from them for like 10 years when they went on hiatus (laughs) i was like two or three years nobody gives a shit well no i mean we didn't pay attention to to them until 2018 Uh, again yeah okay you guys took you guys took an album off we took a hiatus from atreyu when they took a hiatus we took a hiatus from them Before they right. before they even took a hiatus, a mutual yeah, break. We were done <laughs> between the Atreyu. Atre- <laughs> <laughs> well, now here they are back with this album, Baptize, and I think it's a very appropriate title. Like the concept of baptism, it, it basically means like a a, a rebirth yeah. or like a cleansing. That seems very much what's happening with this band, and like we just mentioned, this is a whole new era for them. They've had a a substantial lineup change in, in losing their their singer and their drummer converting into be coming the full-time lead vocalist. Right. And, um, but, I mean, think of how many bands that's worked for though. Come on. Like right, it, right. It, it, it can work for so many bands. I think the fact that we're talking about this album already gives away the fact that we think it worked for them. Yeah. Agreed. And so, <laughs> and baptize starts off with this, <laughs> this first track is, I mean, pretty much all the, all Dude. the tracks on this album are super short, which generally, I'm not a huge fan of super short songs, but this this album has 15 tracks, so it yeah, I have it makes it makes yeah. up for it. But but the <laughs> the first track is this cool little harmonizing intro that you don't really hear from a metalcore band, which they mm-hmm. have a lot of that. Which 
cracks me up because I don't know if you've ever seen or heard of a, a guy, uh, Jake Holland, who makes a lot of YouTube clips of like metalcore interruptions. And he has a lot of Christmas metalcore interruptions. So he'll have like Mariah Carey song. And then all of a sudden, no, like at a, at a certain part. <laughs> so you'll just hear like a, a song and then all of a sudden screaming. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. Casey, you should try out to be the unclean vocalist <laughs> of Atreyu. That's not bad. That's true. <laughs> I don't even think you were trying. Yeah. Of course, we don't know. I don't think any any of us know how to properly do that without yeah, destroying I, our I, vocal cords. I can't. But yeah, nonetheless, I can't do it on a regular basis. But but yeah. <laughs> but that intro track, though, it's called "The Strange Powers of Prophecy." I'm not. I'm not gonna lie. And this is not an insult, but that might be my favorite track on the album. I just think it's a very <laughs> like gripping introduction, and it's so weird with this like layered vocals. Right. It also teases that there's going to be something really like deep questioning, because um, it's talking about like, tell me what it is to live. Do we simply just exist a lullaby in the dead of night? I'm like, oh, okay, we're just getting right into that stuff here. <laughs> okay, <laughs> he's having existential crisis right to start the album. <laughs> <laughs> but but I'll also say this though, when this band goes back on tour. Strange Powers of Prophecy into Baptize will be an awesome set yes, opener. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Especially with the, <laughs> as hard as that starts off, like right off the bat, just kind of screams at you. Uh, we're right. baptized anyway. Well, yeah. Baptize. <laughs> Honestly, this, this album's full of tracks. That'll be, that'll be great live. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and there's a handful of songs that uh, won't be played on the, the show at all. You know, no. like, like get the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> or, or, or or fucked up rather fucked up yeah it was track nine i was gonna say i'm sure that's aaron's favorite Un- underrated is that's another the- song where he just yells get the fuck up i guess we'll just have to cut the whole first 30 yeah. seconds of the he song. likes to say that stuff that's, that's yeah that's his thing yeah like the whole chorus for fucked up is i'm fucked up you're fucked up we're all fucked <laughs> so so that's should, where the existential crisis make, continues I should make an edit of that song to play at the end of this podcast <laughs> be our outro clip it'll just beep, be beeps and beep. beeps and beeps beep, beep. and then you just leave the beep, last beep, one beep, your beep 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 <laughs> i'm beeped yeah everybody's beeped up in here anyway so i don't know that that's that's not a very encouraging place for them to land but all right if <laughs> that's where they're that's the conclusion that they're coming to in that track well dang like give me something to work with here man come on <laughs> The other thing um, about this album is they had three songs that uh, featured three separate artists, and all three are very interesting. And we know who one of them is without even saying it. <laughs> We're going to say it. But you know who shows up on this album. The guy that shows up on all the albums. <laughs> yep. Jacoby Shaddix. Jacoby Shaddix. Chameleon himself. Which is on everything. It's crazy. Like, I... I'll be quite honest, like, I'm always one to be like, oh, that's Jacoby in that song. I can hear it. I couldn't fucking yeah. tell in this song. I was listening. I'm like, man, I don't know which one's which. Like, I can't tell who yeah. is the they have singer. The, yeah. Because I think that Jacoby sings the verses. I don't know. Like, maybe Jacoby just sings the second verse. But, like, it's tough. Like, it, I was really surprised how it's, well. It's hard they, to tell. Yeah. They, they, very, they harmonize very well in that song where you can't even tell who's who. Yeah. I'm curious if, like, you know, they did that just through recordings, like, you know, sending in a sample yeah. for themselves, because just the, the ability to match sounds like if they weren't in the same room and they did that, it's just 
very, very impressive in my opinion. Yeah. Honestly, I still think, and we're still coming out of the pandemic. I'm pretty sure most of the guest spots that you hear still for a little while yet, probably were done that way. I mean, it's just a more common way to do things in general now. Like why fly out somewhere if you can just record from your home studio or whatever and people do it. It works. Yeah. So he is on track 11 untouchable. He is. Um, Matt from Trivium is on track 13, Oblivion. And then um, another guy that's on all the the features. Yes. All the songs. One Travis Barker, who, <laughs> who is, is, is trying everywhere. to bring back punk by himself. Right, right. In Warrior, though, it's mostly just a drum line. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, that's one of my favorite parts of the whole album. I <laughs> yeah, was like, it's pretty beastly. This isn't even regular drumming. This is a full on drum <laughs> with, line with like, two drummers. Like, like, well, actually, no, with two it's probably three. You know, I bet you three. Yeah. yeah, I was going to say the, the, the singer probably joined in on yeah. that. I didn't think about that. You think yeah. Brandon got in the, on that oh, one? Yeah. Maybe. Full Godsmack action over here. Yes. <laughs> oh, boy. Dude, that would be. Well, why we got to mention be an him? awesome tour? <laughs> <laughs> like a tra- uh, a tra- you and Travis Barker and and Godsmack, like, all in a drum. Just Barker, everybody's just drumming like at the end. You bring out a tray. You bring out uh, Godsmack. You have four drummers on on <laughs> on the stage. That'd be awesome. So dang many drummers up in here. Yeah. So this is as you as you guys mentioned before. It's a very. It's not the super long album, but there are 15 tracks, including that the intro track. Most of them hover a little under three minutes. So they're, you know, they're in and out. They're pretty fast hitting. Yeah. Uh, another to me is another for better or worse. Personally, I think it works better on this than it does on the pop evil. But uh, there's a lot of diversity and they they kind of yeah. run the gamut of sound. So you have some heavier tracks, some faster ones, some ones that are more on the screaming ones that are more on the singing. You know, some solo, some more metal, some more like sing along choruses, a little bit of everything in and out of this album. There's one song in particular that cracked me up because Stay reminded me of if a Treyu were to try to be Coldplay. <laughs> oh. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty close. It's really okay. good, but it's pretty close. I felt that this album was was very back heavy, though, like. You know, like you mentioned, Strange Powers of Prophecy, Baptize, Save Us is good. Underrated is is kind of where I, I feel like it starts kind of sloping down. Like Broken mm-hmm. Again's okay. Weed, eh. Dead Weight is a fucking great I, song. Catastrophe is okay. Weed should have been called Lost in the Weeds, but for the, for the record, yeah. Can I make a note about that? <laughs> yeah. This band has a song. Okay, if a band has a song called Weed. There's only one thing that it should be about with that right. title, correct? Okay. Yeah. Correct. This song is not about that at all. No. It's it's it's, it's, it's a about line. being lost in the weeds. Right. It's it. He says, "Freedom of a shattered dream, cut ties with my reasoning. I find myself when I'm lost in the weeds." It's a it's it's nothing to do with that. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but it's just like I feel like somebody was like, "Hey, you know, it'd be funny. Let's just call that song weed instead of <laughs> instead of at least at least weeds, uh, at least pluralize it." Right. <laughs> they're like, <laughs> yeah, I agree. Well, that's my little tangent about that I agree. That track. I agree. <laughs> Somebody had some fun in there, but like, I feel like the album picks up like right around "Sabotage Me" and like gets really, really good. And and I don't know, maybe it's just because I think "Warrior" is probably one of my favorite tracks on the album. Um, but like, they all are. You know, they, I, I just feel like from "Sabotage Me," they almost progressively get better. Yeah, I think I think it's another one where like Atreyu is is being more radio friendly than before. If you got Travis Barker and a song called warrior, then, you know, you're, you're again going for that, like Anthem kind of thing, which isn't necessarily bad. If you do it well, that's good. 
I think we would probably could all agree that there's a little bit of room for trimming the fat on this album. Yeah. We might disagree yeah. on which songs got trimmed, but uh, yeah, that might make it a little bit stronger if it were maybe 12 or so instead of 15 tracks. Um, but it's still, it's still a pretty darn strong album overall. And I, I do agree with that, but I mean, with every song being on average two to three two and minutes, a half minutes, yeah, like, <laughs> at least they don't wear out their welcome. Yeah. <laughs> If you cut songs, this ends up being a 20 minute album. Like, right, right, right. <laughs> hey, you know, we, we talked about Weezer recently and their albums are always 10 tracks, pretty much a half hour. So as long as you don't go that far down, you're probably OK. Although, like, like we said, this 15 tracks only clocks in at 41 minutes, which is not a terribly long album already. No. So no, that's a fair point. If we don't want to trim too much, that it just becomes like abnormally short. Although like punk metal albums can do that. But nonetheless, I thought it was a good balance overall. Yeah, yeah, they, they album, try like, they try a lot of different things. And so on the plus side, it's kind of nice that the album always feels diverse. It doesn't feel like boring, like it's every song is the same. Yeah. And, and and, you know, the flip side of that, for me personally, sometimes it kind of feels less cohesive than it could because it almost feels like they're just throwing stuff at the wall here and there. And so but most of it does pretty much work. I'm not really insulting it. I'm just I'm just throwing a little critique about yep. mild improvement, <laughs> possibly. Yeah, but yeah, I but I, I again, I, this would I'm excited about hearing this one live. Definitely. And I think this is probably my second favorite of their albums. Like after that sales. Yeah, of course. Yeah, let's, <laughs> naturally, naturally. Nothing's okay. going to touch that. Sorry. We're not we're not. The itch is not like purists that are like only the band's any band's first album is the best one after and nothing else. Like lead sales was like what their third, fourth, maybe. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's their big, you know. It's their big popular hit or popular one. It's their 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 most commercially successful one. But that's where we landed. We're down with it. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people would definitely agree. I, I know a lot of people would definitely agree. <laughs> I mean, there's a reason that that album is as well regarded as it is. And so, well, there's a reason why people know who Atreyu is, and it's because right. of that album. Right. Can, also, just can we note, um, appreciate that the band is called Atreyu. Like that never ending <laughs> yeah. story reference. Yeah. That's yes. a that's a that's a good bit right there. And if I and it's sometimes a band name is enough to get me to give them at least a listen. And for both Pop Evil and Atreyu, that is the case. I'll give you a listen on name value alone because you got me. <laughs> if only they named their band Falcor. <laughs> Atreyu and the opening band Falcor. <laughs> you know what? All right, so let's do a quick Google search. Falcor <laughs> band. Naturally, there's a band called Falcor. Of course. <laughs> At least one. There's a Falcor with a C and a Falcor with a K. Okay. So take your choice. So we got to make that tour happen. <laughs> <laughs> How have we not made that happen yet? Because we make all the things happen. Yeah, we have so much power in our minds. <laughs> we. Hey, we've been putting the word out hard. <laughs> All good things and I have been retweeting each other a whole bunch, <laughs> trying trying to get Kingdom to be the official theme song of the LA Kings. If that happens, we are taking credit. That's funny. Because we've legit been trying to make it happen. And that song is perfect for the Kings. But I digress. Are, are they terrible? No. no. <laughs> the song isn't terrible. I hope that's not what you're saying. No. The- no. 
I don't know the, if the Kings it, are it, terrible. It, I, you guys are the hockey fans. The Kings are definitely terrible. It's the fact that it's the fact that relevant since 2012. <laughs> it's the fact that Dan that Dan Murphy is a is an LA Kings, Kings fan, fan. Yeah, and and true. the fact that the song is called Kingdom. The lyrics of it fit the team very well as an anthem. So it that does. It does. That's really what it is. Even sucky teams need a good theme song, right? Why yeah, not? That's true. <laughs> so anyway, Atreyu. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> solid stuff. Very solid stuff. To um, that's all I got. Yeah, I'm not going to go any further on that. We'll stop there. <laughs> Let's get ourselves some some Aaron Jones. Is is that how you say it? <laughs> hold on i'm gonna let's, like let's, let's start that let's phonetically start that. phonetically let's start that hold on i got yeah. this so yeah do it so <laughs> so for about the past decade ever since key and peel's substitute teacher sketch came out <laughs> i have been called referred to as a aaron by just about everyone i know <laughs> but <laughs> i know i've called you that a couple times everyone's called you that but this is the first time I've run into a person who could legitimately be called that because because <laughs> and I believe I believe it is pronounced Aaron like mine, but his name is spelled A Y R O N. So he is an actual Aaron. <laughs> I don't know if he's an A Aaron. Well, he's not because he only has the one A. Yeah, he's at least an Aaron. He's <laughs> not as special as you. He can't be A Aaron. But, he, but <laughs> if I had a Y, if it was A Y A Y R O N, yeah, if it was A A Y R O N. Oh gosh! Then, <laughs> I, I, I wonder hey, if Ron. his name is what inspired that joke. I doubt it. I but, doubt it. But no. how great would it be if Key and Peele like heard this dude like a while back and they're like, "That's a cool name. Let's make a riff yeah. on that in a in a, in a sketch." <laughs> yeah. So that's 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 canon now. We've and ever since Aaron has loved being a Aaron. <laughs> well, I will tell you, I love this dude. Uh, he yes. he came up on I don't know. I think it was a Spotify new music playlist or something a few months back. He was started releasing singles from from his this album Child of the State, which is officially his solo debut. But he did kind of lead a band that was still went by his name. I think it was Aaron, Aaron yes. Jones and the Way. Was it? Yes, yes, it was. They had a couple albums, but I did not hear them. This is his solo debut, and it is freaking fantastic. Yes, and <laughs> it's very interesting, Aaron Jones. If you look into his backstory, because oh, I mean. Man. If you listen to the album, a lot of the tracks have very painful, raw emotions to them. Mm -hmm. And we'll get, we'll get into that as we discuss the album. But there's one thing about his history that I find very interesting. The fact that Sir Mix-a-Lot, of all people, discovered him in a dive bar in yep. Seattle. So we have Sir Mix-a-Lot to thank for discovering Aaron Jones. <laughs> he loved him so much that he produced the album for free. Yes. <laughs> Thank God he doesn't just like big butts. Yeah, he, he likes big riffs, too. Yes. yes. Sir makes a lot likes big riffs, and he cannot lie. And so that's how we got Child of the State. <laughs> 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 no, but you're right, though. Like, the 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 first... So the track Take Me Away is, is the main one that comes to mind, what, what Casey mentions. It's a track... That's one of my favorite songs on the, the whole album. Oh, it's amazing. It's it's about him being abandoned as a child and, and Child of the State. It, the title is a reference to that, too. Uh, so Aaron Jones, his story is that his father wasn't really around. His mother struggled with drug addiction to the point that Aaron was adopted by his aunt when he was four. And so, you know, what he says in that song, it's just such a fantastic and painful line. He says, the day my, my mom abandoned me was the day I learned to lie. She kissed my face and said she'd be right back before she walked away and cried. And so 
talk about just like having to grow up quickly or, or learning lessons you don't want to learn at a young age. Right. It's a heartbreaker. I actually got goosebumps listening to that song. And he, and he carries his emotion into his voice and his guitar playing, both both of them. Well, and it all tells a story. It's 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 very blues influenced, and I think that's yes. what you know. That's it tells a story like right from the bat of the the very get go of the album, which I will say, for one, uh, I had the kids in the car when I first put this album in. <laughs> oh, when you played "Boys from the Puget Sound," <laughs> I mean, the first track is yeah, "Boys from the Puget Sound," and and the first line is I already called the fucking police because we're the baddest fucking band in town. Right. <laughs> <laughs> he just gets right into it. And I was just like, yeah, all right, great. Hope he doesn't keep doing that. <laughs> Which he, for fantasy, he, 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 he doesn't. doesn't. No, he doesn't. Yeah. No, no. There's like maybe three curse words in the whole album. And so right. it's just really funny. But come to find out that line actually means something because the police have been called on the numerous times when they were played at, when they played at local bars and, mm-hmm. and to perform uh, because supposedly people would, uh, you know, according to Wikipedia, um, people would say, you know, his band didn't look like the usual rock band and uh, they were calling for noise complaints. And so that's that whole line kind of references that right off the bat. And, and it's, you know, it's, it's unfortunate that, that he's had to go through that, but just, I think that's one reason why this, this album is so damn good is because he does put it all out there. He, he, he makes us, you know, helps us understand exactly what he's going through and just, it's it's beautiful. It's everything. Every single song is just amazing. Like there's so many different influences you can hear on different songs. Yes. And he's not only does he have influences just with being a three piece band, cause they reference, you know, being influenced by bands like cream and Steve Ray Vaughan and double trouble, but he's been on tour with anyone from BB King to guns and roses to, Presidents of the United States of America. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> and, and Janelle Monet, like that'd be interesting too. Like he's a little everywhere. Right. Yeah. Rakeem. I think yeah. his closest his closest contemporary, he he's got a lot of similarities to Gary Clark Jr. Yes. And um yes. which that album was Gary Clark Jr.'s last album was fantastic. It was right near the top of our list the year it came out. And I think this one's gonna gonna compare quite a, quite favorably. It's funny because like when I was listening to this. Yeah. Gary Clark Jr. is definitely somebody that came to mind. And another person that came to mind, I hate to say this because like they're both black musicians, but it just kind of was the first thing that popped into my head on one of his songs was Lenny Kravitz. Like, yeah, yeah. come to find out like yeah. one of the first songs he learned how to play on guitar was Lenny Kravitz's fly away. So you can definitely hear some Lenny Kravitz influence. Like it just, well, the guitar riffs and it's yeah. Right. And, and Jimi Hendrix. And it's not, yeah, it's, it's not, definitely. it's not that it's yeah. not that, you know, Oh, it's a black guitarist only sounds you know, compared right, only to black right. guitarists, it does make sense that like as a child or whatever, like you might, you're probably going to gravitate to to people that seem that you seem similar to you. Like if, if, yeah. if you're a black kid learning to play guitar and you find a black guitarist, that's fantastic, which there are numerous ones we just mentioned, then it makes sense that that would influence your style because it'd be something that you probably were more likely to connect with. But he, yeah, he can be compared to any number of fantastic yeah. Um, guitarists of of other colors as well. Seaver Ray Vaughan, as we mentioned, probably yeah, one of the Clapton, biggest influences. Yeah. Clapton, yeah. yeah. I, I want to throw out two things real quick. I, there's certain songs on this album, and this is kind of the weird comparison thing. Not that I'm comparing him to this singer exactly, but there's 
he sounds like a more gritty, raw version of Alex Clare, the guy that sings uh, Too Close. Who is a very soulful singer, as Dan and I just took a second to find out by listening to the track because we forgot about it. <laughs> it's not it's not exact, but it's like I said, it's more of a raw version of that. But I've heard uh, Aaron Jones's voice compared to Michael Jackson, and it was a little bit hard for me to catch that at first. Yeah, mostly because the music behind him is so different. But I heard Aaron do a couple of acoustics and I saw the similarities a lot stronger there. There's one song in particular that made me kind of chuckle, Supercharged. Reminds me of a Foo Fighters song with Josh Todd's, like, screaming in the song. (laughs) (laughs) That's fair. That's fair. (laughs) But but Supercharged was the song that, like, as soon as I heard that, I was like, this is Lenny Kravitz, man. (laughs) That's the one. Yeah, that is the one. It's totally the one I heard. I was like, ah, that's totally a Lenny Kravitz riff. There's spin in circles uh, later on in the album has a riff that's very close to heart shaped box. Yes. Yes, it does. It's and, very Nirvana ish. Yeah. And I'm not complaining. I mean, Nirvana is clearly an influence. Like is I love this dude's sound because it's like, like soul and blues and grunge combined. Yes. And, and, and yep. as I've learned about myself this year and doing this show, like grungy sounds are pretty much always welcome for me in, in a band. And so this guy doing something that is a unique combination of things and adding it, that sound to it. It's very good. Yeah. Yeah. And the Nirvana influence, another thing that Aaron Jones is very, talks about very openly is, I mean, he's from Seattle. He loves those artists from that era and they're, you know, another huge influence on him and his style. And he's very proud of his Seattle sound heritage, as it were. Can we just note how fantastic that riff is? on boys from the Puget sound like yes <laughs> that guitar lick grabs you after after you get past the couple of f-bombs that yeah that start the album and the guitar lick kicks in it's like oh oh okay we are on to something right here <laughs> yeah yeah but and, and then like yeah right after that you got mercy and you're, you're just hooked like you're yep. ready to listen to the yeah. entire album mercy like, mercy is all about racial unrest and yeah so he, yeah. and he really he goes in and out of some serious stuff and then he goes into a couple of goofy ones. A song he called does. "Hot Friends." Hot friends. <laughs> hot friends. This is the idea. Was the line something like "Hot friends shouldn't go to waste" or something yes. like that? Yes, that song is he, he very goofy. He lightens up a little bit. Um, hey, but even I bet then, that was. I bet that was Sir Mix-a-Lot influenced. <laughs> but even uh, you got to know that that was Sir Mix-a-Lot influenced. That's a great point. But even then, a couple tracks later, the album closer is called "Take Your Time," and it's a very gentle song basically like telling somebody who's who seems like they've been like wounded probably in relationships or something like it's okay we can do this slowly like i'm gonna i'll i'm i'll here to be patient with you like take your time to work through whatever you have to and so it's like a very gentle and 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 like kind song um mixed in with some you know some inner turmoil some rage a little bit of uh temptation to go for the hot friend all that kind of stuff (laughs) (laughs) what's funny about take your time is that I, uh, they're all great songs. It's probably one of my, I like it, but it's one of my least favorites because I just find the song a little bit repetitive. Yeah. And the reason, yeah, yeah. And I, I know that it's repetitive because my children were even like, dad, is the name of this song called take your time? Yes. Yes, yes it is. Yes, he, it says, is. <laughs> he says it a lot. And yeah. And, and also it's the longest track on the album of note. Yes. He takes his time with the song. Take your time. It's almost five minutes long. And so, but I, I mean, I think it's, it's a great, great song. I don't think yeah. it's bad at any means. It's just like my least favorite, just because I find the chorus a little bit repetitive. But that's fair. 
the everything on this album is amazing. Like I, I, I really will find it hard for anything to try to top this for me anyway, for this I, year. Yeah. I think yeah. that the songs flow really, really well together as well. He moves in and out of, of the softer things and, and the bigger, you know, licks and even some strings on a couple of them. It has a really nice ebb and flow to it, which is a big thing for me for an album. And I get to see him live, bitches. That's right. That's right. <laughs> on Shiprocked. That's right. Yes. I am going to probably uh, semi, maybe stock. I don't know. Uh, try to Every, get an interview. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Dan's going to be there with my, my podcast shirt, handing him out. I'm like, oh, since you took that, you got to give me an interview. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so come January, Dan's going to be ship stalking people. Yes. And ship stalked. Uh, That's what they're getting. You're doing ship rocked. They're yeah, getting ship stalked on ship rocked. That's right. Yep. And I, I have made it. Cannot wait. I have made it my goal at, by the end of the year to see Aaron Jones somewhere. Um, among a few other artists, I have a wish list. And now that shows are back, I'm like, I'm going to find a way to see them all. And yeah, it won't so, be before the end of this year. It will be next year. Uh, for, for you. In January. Yes. For, for you. Me. Yeah. For, for the, for the, the cruise, Along with, as it were. I prevail. Ten years, seven mm. dust, non-point <laughs> from ashes to new. Oh my god, Dan's, it's gonna be so much fun. Dan's doing a happy dance, just so you guys <laughs> yes. listening know. He's very <laughs> excited about this. Super excited. I'm hoping we can get multiple episodes, or at least content that fits in multiple episodes, out of that. Maybe one will just be you recapping the experience. Maybe yeah. one will be an interview or a couple of short bits. It'll just be called "I'm on a boat." <laughs> It'll just be, yeah, Dan, I'm on a boat. I'll, I'll superimpose a picture of Dan onto the Lonely Island. With, with T-Pain. Dude, oh, if there's, there's three guys great. on the boat, we could I could totally Photoshop our heads on there. Yep. And then the one guy can be back home make, flipping, or like making copies. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who that would be, but he's out. Because one of us is T-Pain. <laughs> so... <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Aaron Jones's album "Child of the State" is fan freaking fantastic, and and we're all going to see him, and and he's going to kill it. And yes. uh, and also, Aaron Jones, if your manager is listening, sorry. <laughs> and also, Aaron Jones management, if you happen to be listening, we we want to talk to your boy or Aaron Jones. If Aaron yeah. Jones I happens mean, to be listening, listening, we want to talk to you. Tell your management we want to talk to you. Our D- our DMs are wide open. Hit us up. Yes, <laughs> or any of these bands, honestly, honestly, any tell, of them. Like, it, yeah. um, Anybody who's uh, we talked about today, yeah. Atreo and Pop Evil, all all welcome. Open invitation. We will happily chat you up about stuff, and uh, I don't know, talk about how we <laughs> want to see you in concert. <laughs> it's uh, great to listen to music while you're also doing these podcasts because <laughs> just makes time go. I like to think that you're still listening to Alex Claire from like ten <laughs> from like ten minutes was, ago. <laughs> no, I started listening to Take Your Time because it's one of those songs that, like you hear it. Or you just even say the name, and it's like up, oh, just pops in your head. Like, ah, oh, gotta take do this. Your time. <laughs> See, I can't get past the first fifteen seconds of Boys from Puget Sound now. <laughs> it's just repeating now, so I'm gonna have to hear that one in a second. <laughs> but yeah, this guy's got so many good influences and put together just a fantastic piece of work. Like this, I'm gonna be listening to this one a lot. Teenage Wrist has been my go-to when I'm on Spotify and I don't want to hear something new. I want to. I'm like, I want to find something that I really enjoy from this year. I keep playing Earth as a black hole, but uh, I think I'm going to put this one in rotation now. And so yeah. that's that says a lot because I spend most of my Spotify time listening to new bands so that we can talk about them. Just how we discovered this fella, you know? <laughs> yeah, I'm really glad that uh, I don't know how the hell you found him, but I guess because he was on all these all, all these festivals and the, stuff. And... No, the algorithms, the algorithms will will introduce you to all kinds of stuff. 
So this is a good time for me to sell something. We'll have a link to this in our in our show notes. The Itch has a playlist that we update every week called the New Rock Roundup. And in it, we will add mm, usually upwards of 10 or so new tracks every Friday because Friday is now when new music comes out instead of Tuesday like it used to be. It's um, so stupid. So long, stupid. long ago. I love I, Tuesday. Gave you more I, time in the week. To, no. I really love Tuesdays now. Uh, I would love Tuesdays now because I use a shipping service to get them to me and getting them on Sunday is not as cool as getting them on Thursday. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So... <laughs> So if you need instant gratification on new tracks, go to our New Rock Roundup playlist. You will find tracks that literally came out that day. And you don't have to wait for any shipping yet. But once you hear some of these, you'll probably want to order the albums and have them shipped to you. So there you go. That's my sell on that. Yeah, because they don't sell them in stores anymore. You can't buy CDs anywhere. Or you can get, you know, your digital music, you kids and your digital shit. We need to start a new bit where Dan refers to us as you kids, even though we're older than him. <laughs> you kids, kids, your, kids, you kids these days. Spotify playlists and <laughs> your algorithms and shit. Yeah, I don't understand the algorithms. I'm just grateful that they give me good music. <laughs> YouTube understands me because I, I, they're the ones that send me shit all the time. That's true. YouTube also learns you because the Internet knows us because we're all being followed by the whole. Well, internet. and my phone's listening but... to us right now, so. Yeah. Tell, your phone, probably, tell your phone to bug off. You know, to be honest, my phone probably has heard more of our podcasts than my parents have. <laughs> <laughs> Same. <laughs> so if you're Dan's parents or my parents, listen to more of our episodes. Yes. And, if, and if you're Google and our phones or whatever, stop. Yes, please. <laughs> Unless you're advertising for us, you shitbags. <laughs> Speaking of advertising, beard oil. We still want to sell some. <laughs> Hit us up. We have three companies in St. Louis. Three St. Louis companies. We're coming for you guys. This has gone off the rails. It it's has. gone totally off the rails. This is all, this is all getting cut. So yeah. as we no, I love it. <laughs> so as we usually say, let's wrap it up. And we do say that like every time. <laughs> that has stuck with us. We stopped announcing how long we've been on the air because it got a little bit murky. And we just kept the well, wrapping it up because it was, you know, it was OK when we were like within that year, we could say 17 years. But now we're a year removed from the radio show. So <laughs> yeah. I don't feel comfortable saying, yeah, we did it for 16 years, but not consecutive. Like we didn't do it consecutively. <laughs> well, yes, that's that's what I'm saying. It got murky. So so we just stuck with the wrap it up. That's the thing yeah. that we try to keep in this most episodes, true. mostly because we need to tell ourselves when to shut up and stop talking. This, yeah, this is very true, too, because <laughs> we have a great time. We hope you had a great time listening. So let us know what your thoughts are on these three albums. Again, we had the Aaron Jones Child of the State, a Trey You with Baptize and Pop Evil's new album Versatile. Hope you've enjoyed our take on them and, and more, obviously. So thank you very much for listening to the Itch podcast. My name is Dan. I'm Casey. And I'm Aaron. And until next time, rock on. If you enjoyed what you heard in this episode, please subscribe and tell a friend about the show. We've got plenty of links in the show notes to continue the conversation, including the episode's playlist. And you can interact with us on Twitter, Facebook, or through Gmail and itchrocks.com, all at itchrocks, I-T-C-H-R-O-C-K-S. Screaming! <laughs> I'm beep beep, you're beep 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 beep. Hey, Ron! <laughs> <laughs>